your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 470 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, a very special treat for you guys. Going to be joined in just a minute by my good friend Bobby Sampson. Bobby and me have been watching hockey together ever since we were 18 years old. And he happens to be a big-time Flyers fan, so we do talk about the Flyers a little bit. We also talk quite a bit about the New York Rangers and just some general NHL storylines early in the season here. Obviously, there's no shortage of things to talk about, especially in the Metro Division, where it's just completely insane right now because every team has more wins than losses. Uh, But yeah, like I said, this is part one of a two-part conversation, just jumping into anything Rangers, anything Flyers, and anything around the league that we can think to talk about. Enjoy. All right, and so with no further ado, let's go ahead and welcome our very special guest for today, Bobby Sampson, who is an avid Flyers fan and also a Citrix sale engineer. Bobby, how are we doing today, buddy? Good, John. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, you got it, man. So I figure, you know, we'll just pretty much dive right into it here, talk about some of the things going on around the league this year, and uh, we can start with just the general bloodbath that is the Metro Division. Obviously, Rangers and Flyers both off to pretty good starts this year. Flyers are 6-2-2. Two, and two. Uh, how are you feeling about your team so far this season? What have you seen from them? Well, John, to quote Bill Clement, they're headed northbound on the southbound freeway. Look out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a bloodbath. It is yeah. a bloodbath. And, yeah. I mean, Ajo and the Carolina team, it's, they're playing fantastic. They're electric to start the season. So I am very afraid of Carolina this year, actually. And how about you? No, they're good. I mean, they've had a little bit of an odd offseason, I thought. You know, uh, the, the Jelkovic trade, I, I hope I'm saying his name right. It's pretty close. But, I mean, that guy had the look of a franchise goalie, and they pretty much just shipped him away to Detroit for no reason. And, you know, we do a lot of crossover episodes here. And shout out to Jared Ellis from Locked on Canes. We did an episode with him. And I know he was less than thrilled with uh, a couple of their offseason moves. But uh, so far, so good. I think they only have one loss, and they're on top of that really challenging division. And, yeah, I mean, they're they're looking like a force to be reckoned with, no doubt. Yeah, that stall influence in the locker room comes through, even though they're not there. I know Jordan's probably still there, right? But yeah, I believe, that, yes. They, they've been building the program there for a long time, and it seems like it's paying off now. So kudos to them. They're scary. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Rod Brindamore is still there, too. And, uh, you know, he's got a, uh, he's one of the better coaches in the league, I would say. And I think certainly players buy into whatever he's selling. And, you know, you're seeing more evidence of it so far this season. Um, but the Flyers, man, I mean, should this, is this a team that's a threat to win the division? Are they middle of the road? Are they a playoff team? Just any any thoughts there? Because I figure you probably watch them more than anybody else. Well, yeah, that's why I like Carolina. It's Brenda Moore and Justin Williams and all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, Flyers offseason was really good, but also kind of scary. Because Ryan Ellis, as good as he is, we gave up a lot for him because I really liked Patrick. And I worry about it. And also Philippe Myers. I mean, that the he was amazing on defense and he was a kid and I was really looking forward to seeing him develop. And right. it's gonna be something like Matt Carl and Coburn going to Tampa Bay and now they win a Stanley Cup. Like he is that good. And 
I think even more than Patrick, who was our number one pick, who's also gone. And he was just getting back from migraines, which I'm so glad he's back, by the way. But uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. he's now at another team. So we never even get to see our first round pick, our first overall pick ever that I've seen in a long time. We don't even get to watch him develop. So it's kind of sad in that way. But uh, so he will be missed, Nolan. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, something that the Flyers have done is they've kind of loaded up on some of my favorite former New York Rangers here. Obviously, Elaine Vigneault, <laughs> it's it's messed up, man. I, you know, all these guys are free agents. And, you know, Derek Broussard, I always think, like, maybe he could come back to the Rangers on a one-year deal. And, of course, he goes to the Flyers. Uh, but, you know, Elaine Vigneault's the coach, kind of mixed results for him so far. You know, let's just start with AV. I mean, is, is there still a faith among Flyers fans, yourself included, that you know, he's the coach that can lead this team ultimately to a championship and to some success because, you know, two years ago they were looking good. And then this past year they missed the playoffs. So any thoughts on AV and the job that he's done so far there? Oh, great job there. And yeah, Broussard, he's been our boy for a long time. We love his hustle. So it's great to see yeah. him. I thought of you as soon as we got him. I was like, oh my God, this is the best offseason <laughs> for yeah. John. Yeah. Uh, but then Keith Yandel looking like a Tom Brady quarterback for the power play here. Time is no issue for this man. But I love him. He's a good offensive guy. He's not going to be our, like, defensive zone guy. He's more for the power play, I think, and bringing some experience to that team. Very young still. So, yeah, it was a good move. But the better move was getting rid of Ghost. And I okay. love the guy. Right. He came, in, he came in scoring goals. And, like, when a defenseman does that, like, Nazaro's, Philly gets so hype on those guys. But it's like he's not there to score goals. He's there to stop the puck from going in. So even if Ghost would score a goal in a game, you're still getting scored on twice sometimes because he'd be playing like <laughs> in our zone. So, <laughs> and we'd get on him too. Every time we'd get on him too, and all the fans would yell at him or whatever, during the game, I've seen him get his act together mid-game and go down and score a goal. So like, he hears the crowd. like He knows what he's playing that. So anyway, he's gone, which is a relief because we had a lot of questions on defense, a lot of young kids that were kind of – nobody really standing out. And then picking up Ristolinen from Buffalo – was a great addition. So now you got Ellis, Rissolinen, Sanheim is great now. He's yep. like our Adam Fox, I'd say. Well, let's not go nuts here, Bobby. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, is a good player, though. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, our top four on defense is better than ever. And I like Broussard, Cam Atkinson. We got Cam. Yep. Your boy from Connecticut. Yep. Came to Philly. I'm so happy about that, man. That's one of the best things that's happened to Philly in a long time. And he's scoring. And he looks dangerous. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for you when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, just want to thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Yeah, I mean, I was going to eventually ask you about that trade, you know, Voracek for Cam Atkinson. I believe it was straight up. I don't think there were any, like, draft picks moving in either direction or anything like that. And, you know, like I said, I've done a lot of crossover episodes with some of the hosts from the other Locked On shows, including the Flyers and the uh, Blue Jackets. And, you know, both of them kind of made it sound like, you know, it was a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow because Blue Jackets fans, they love Cam Atkinson. And Flyers fans, they love Jacob Voracek. But when you look at the trade, it seems like both teams benefited because the Flyers really needed a sniper, whereas the Blue Jackets kind of needed a playmaker. I mean, are you kind of on the same page as them? I mean, is that basically the long and short of it, that even though this is a bitter pill to swallow, maybe a little bit of a necessary evil for both teams, so to speak? A hundred percent. And Voracek is all about possession. And when you have Claude Giroux out there, I'd rather Giroux is possessing the puck. So Voracek kind of steals that. Yeah, they can do cool plays and stuff, but Voracek is meant for a line where he basically runs the line. And you can throw a couple kids with him, and he'll train them up, and he'll dominate that defensively as well. I mean, he can get his head up his ass sometimes if he's skating around. You're like, Voracek, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, he has those moments. But overall, he's one of the best players I've ever watched. Absolutely, so he yeah. He can so... bring a lot of leadership. He wasn't getting the credit he deserved here in Philly, and the fans were hard on him, even though he's a generational talent. I mean, he is fantastic. So good for them. And you're right. They needed, like, more presence there, whereas we just need somebody to put the puck in the net. But we can't seem to do that. We dance around all day, passing around, all this good stuff. We can't bury it. And James Van Riemsdyk has really been helping that. And Wayne Simmons used to do it for us, where he'd just sit in front of the net and deflect it in and just get the garbage in the net. That's what we need, and we're missing that. And Cam isn't that guy, but he's definitely a sniper. So you put him where basically Braden Shen was. Drew has this play he does with Hartnell, with Braden Shen. He tries to do it with everybody, where he's got this little pass from the center. Like, just outside the circle, he passes across to basically the dot of the circle, and then there's a rip from the wing, usually top corner. That play yep. is so lethal because it's a short pass right on the stick. It's just the same thing. It, now he's got an even better sniper to fill that position that we lost with Braden Chen. Yeah, no, it's really good to hear that Cam Atkinson's doing well. I mean, this is a story that I've told once or twice in the past on this podcast, but I got to interview him uh, when he was running, like, a youth camp. He was just getting started in his NHL career, and he was back in uh, – the Darien area for the summer there. And, uh, you know, just really down to earth, really seemed like a cool guy. He was also a very late round draft pick, which I think I realized initially and then probably forgot about it, but he was like a six rounder. So to see him excelling first for Columbus and now going into Philadelphia, where as we both know, Bobby, that can be a very demanding fan base. Uh, but to see him kind of win them over quickly and get off to a hot start there, that that's really cool to see for sure. Yeah, it really was. And Farabee is the other one, the kid that we got on our team. It's insane. We've got a lot of good things going and pieces in place on the Flyers. We're deep. I could see a cup run this year. And I know I say that every year, but <laughs> this yep. <is> the year. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, something else I wanted to ask you about Yandel. I don't know if you saw this video doing its rounds on social media, but apparently this is something, and I think he's like 33, 34 years old now, somewhere around that ballpark. Apparently he's been doing this for pretty much his entire career. But if there's a situation where, you know, the puck gets dumped behind the the flyer net or, you know, whatever team he's on's net, uh, the goalie will settle the puck for him and leave it there for him. Apparently, Yandel, every single time, will say thank you to the goalie. Have have you seen this video (laughs) online? (laughs) Yandel freaking rules, man. I love Yandel. Oh, God, Yandel. I'm so glad he's still around. Yeah, he feels a lot older than he actually is. I was making the Tom Brady reference earlier, but he's only 34. And Atkinson, I think, is 32. He is, yeah. 
I, I don't know if Drew's 34, 32, I think he's 34, but they're all in like the end of the peak of their career. So we have a two or three year window here where Flyers could actually win the cup. And we got to do it now because once Drew's gone and that whole rebuild starts, it's, we don't have much there other than like connect me and, well, there is Morgan Frost coming up. Keep yeah, I know about him. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's nasty. But anyway, all right, let's get into Rangers, though, because I really do want to talk about that and a little bit with Flyers because I'm looking at Corsi statistics and yes. I'm realizing that teams are getting more tactical. And what I mean by that is Flyers, for example, have a couple of really good uh, defensive zone centers and they take great face-offs. So we've, I've noticed with uh, you know, like Albe Kubel, Nate Thompson, Justin Braun, Oscar Lindblom, Zach McKee. Like a bunch of these guys have over 60% of their draws are in the defensive zone. Whereas on the other side, Keith Yandel has only 42% in the defensive zone, which tells me that they're putting him out there when you have a break and you can put people in the offensive zone that are more offensively talented, you give it to Keith Yandel. When you're in the defensive zone, you put in those guys that are more defensive-minded and can't shoot the puck, but they can sure as heck defend your net. Those are the guys you want to take in the defensive zone draw. And I've noticed the split is getting wider and the, the draws are more tactical. It used to be like, who are you putting out against Crosby for defense? Now it's like, who are you putting out based on situation? It's right. all situational, almost like football, which is cool. Because now these players that aren't great scorers and maybe aren't good at this, it's almost like a, a guy who comes on your team to be a penalty kill specialist. It's becoming like that in every facet of the game. It's really cool to see because you're going to get these niche players drafted higher that fulfill a purpose. Yeah, it feels like, you know, there's more consideration being given to, you know, where the face-off is happening. And, you know, even the way teams put their pieces together in the offseason, as you mentioned, Bobby, you know, it's it's kind of like, okay, this guy's a bit of a defensive forward and we can use him on the penalty kill. And, you know, this guy, you know, like Yandel's a good example of somebody that, you know, one of the biggest reasons I would have to imagine that the Flyers picked him up is uh, to run the power play. You know, without that, I don't know how much value he has at this point. I mean, I think he's still a decent defenseman, but that obviously boosts his value quite a bit. And yeah, I mean, it definitely is interesting to see. You know, I, it is interesting, but at the same time, I don't want this to turn into like a computer game or a computer simulation the way that baseball is kind of becoming a computer simulation and all these teams are just trying to basically manipulate their way to wins because you know hockey baseball whatever sport they still do have a pulse and there's actual human beings out there playing they're not just you know metrics so I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted on it but for sure i do think that there is some room in hockey and in baseball and really every sport uh for some of these new wave statistics but i just don't want to see these front offices get too far away from you know just making a gut, a gut decision every now and then bring in somebody because he's a good locker room presence bring in somebody because he would could improve team chemistry things like that you know what i mean so i, I think there's a little bit of room for old school and new school you know i i love that sentiment and i completely yeah. agree with you. but i'll counter i'll pitch it to you this way how about this yes it's it's more about not having the game get into a scoring show where we see nine to eight every game and everybody's right. a fast skater and everybody's just out there to shoot the puck in the net. And it's really just a team of snipers is where we're headed. Cause there's no hitting anymore. The fighting less like a lot of it, the game is definitely toned down a lot. So it is getting more conducive to having just scoring snipers all the time. So to see these statistics come out and see that there is still a big place for those defensive big guys, that play that same style of game that are kind of getting phased out, they're coming back. And they're almost seeing that, yeah, a big when the puck is deflecting all over the place in the net, 
It doesn't matter how skilled you are. It matters how big you are to block it. So there's a place for a defensive guy like that. But on the penalty kill, you can't have a defenseman that can't skate. That's a different defenseman you need to put out there. And it's cool how it's a strategy game. But my point was more that it's saving those people from being phased out of the game, being tactical like this. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. To your point, I think that it was, it has kind of become a more high scoring league and there is more emphasis on points and all that good stuff. But I mean, you look at the way the Rangers are put together right now. They definitely uh, brought in some guys with defense in mind and physicality in mind in this offseason. I mean, that was basically their MO. You know, you trade for Barclay Goodrow, you trade for Ryan Reeves, even you bring in a fourth line player like Dryden Hunt. You know, these guys are not there to score goals. I mean, every now and then, you know, maybe you uh, see Barclay Goodrow put one in the net. Maybe Reeves every once in a blue moon, that'll happen too. But uh, they're they're brought in to, to play a little bit more of a grinding style and uh, just make the team more balanced. I mean, are you seeing that from the Flyers as yeah, well? Let me, yeah, yeah let, me, let me back you up here with the Goodrow one. Goodrow sure. has had 67% of his draws started in the defensive zone. And so, like, yeah, he's there to protect the net. And when you're in your own zone, you need a clear. You need big bodies to get it out of there. It's awesome. So, yeah, so him and then also, um, what do you think about, well, like, Zimbenejad, Kreider, those guys get top numbers from scoring. And the reason why they're so impressive is because their defensive zone starts. Zimbenejad's 60% in his zone. And still managing to produce offense like that. No, I mean, they're what, they're they're both outstanding defensive time. players. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just think that's where their value. These statistics are sometimes whimsical, but those things do show you how good of a player they are. And to start in your own zone, sixty percent of the time, climb that mountain to get out of the zone, gain the zone, get in there, establish, and then score a goal. That is a mountain to climb. Usually, no, it takes it's like dump it in and then they do something clear it out over the glass or something now you got the offensive draw now you can set it like it's not even like gaining the zone anymore unless you're on a power play it's more situational almost like punting in football yeah no so it's it, a great point with those two yeah. players advantage out and Kreider I mean you know a lot of what they bring to the table is defense not just on the penalty kill but also 5v5 and you know a lot of us you know myself probably included we get caught up with offensive numbers and you know all these highlight real goals that we see seemingly on a nightly basis around this league but, I mean, Mika Zibanejad, it's one of the reasons why I favored uh, re-signing him to a long-term deal, which they did, rather than, you know, trading the entire farm for Jack Eichel, because Mika is the far better defensive player overall, and I just like his all-around game. And, you know, Kreider, you can say the same thing. Both those guys log very valuable minutes on the PK. And to your point, Bobby, how, how much of his draws are happening in the defensive zone for Mika? 60%? 67%. Oh, wait, oh no, wow! I'm sorry, I lied. That was Goudreau. That was Goudreau. Okay. Zimbenejad is sixty percent. Yeah. 
even still, though, I mean, that's, you know, you got to work hard to, to win the draw. Hopefully you can win the draw and then, you know, advance through the neutral zone, dump the puck, get it deep, get something set up. And, you know, by then, you know, it might be near the end of your shift anyway, and you have to go off the ice and you don't never even get a chance to, uh, you know, get that scoring opportunity. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's good. You need to have guys that can play in all three zones. And I, I think Zibanejad and Kreider definitely qualify. And um, with Goodrow, I mean, the one thing that I'm really happy about is that they finally, over these past couple of games, and part of it might be because Philip Hedl is hurt, but they have finally moved him from wing to center. And he's very valuable because he can play, you know, all three different forward positions. But, uh, you know, as far as face-offs, it hasn't really been a strength of the Rangers over recent seasons. And Goudreau is at least over 50% for his career. And so I like him taking draws for that reason. And he's also big. You know, he's always going to be on the ice at the end of the game when the Rangers are trying to protect a one-goal lead and the other team's got their goalie pulled. He made a great play. Uh, the other night, a couple games ago, where you know he went down to the ice, knocked the puck away, and basically uh, sprung. Uh, you know, you know what? He made the play. He knocked it away. He knocked the puck away, got it to Zabanajad, and then Zabanajad got it back to Goudreau. And Goudreau, when he got the puck, was only at his own blue line, but he still was going like up the ice, completely unopposed. It was like the longest most slow motion and peanut goal you'll ever see. <laughs> so it was kind of funny to watch, but like control. Yeah. But like control. Yeah. man, I I'm glad they have him. You know, they only gave up a seventh round pick to acquire him. And, um, you know, somebody that's very valuable in, in those late game situations when you're trying to hang on to a lead. Yeah. Now that we talk about Cam Atkinson, a seventh round sounds a little better, but yeah, that is nothing. Yeah. yeah. And on top of that, I mean, just nice to have a guy that's been on some deep playoff runs and won the cup a couple of times with uh, Tampa Bay there as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It experiences everything. That's what we were saying about Yandel. God, I love having Yandel and Broussard. It's just, it's such a different look for the Flyers this year. Great. But anyway, let's get on to Adam Fox. He's yes. about 50 50, offensive zone, defensive zone. Oh, and by the way, going back to Zimbenejad, you know, at least 60% of the time when he's up there, he's tired. Like when you're oh, on yeah, offensive, yeah. an offensive zone draw, in 30 seconds, you are more tired than any other sport. Like, I've played soccer. i played football. There is no more exhausting sport than wearing 40 pounds of pads, skating through sand, basically, to get up ice and then stop on a dime. The energy you burn just going from defensive to offensive zone is about half the tank. So for him to do that and be scoring at this high rate on half the tank shows his endurance. Like, Zimbabwe is the best. And I was telling you, he came from Ottawa. This has been, like, my sleeper. Like, I wish so bad Flyers got him because he's elite. And then he scores four goals on any given night. You're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, no. What a I great mean, player to build your team around. Just a fantastic all-around player. And, um, you know, he signed. Bread, um, yeah, no, I mean, he's, I mean, bread man. It's funny with Panarin because I feel like I almost don't talk about him as much as I should on this show. But the guy is just so good. It's like, what is there even to say at this point? Like, I've used, <laughs> I've used every adjective there is to possibly describe his game. And only, only Panarin can be producing at like a point per game clip and you still feel like he's not quite at the absolute top of his game, which we kind of saw a little bit earlier this season. And lately, you know, he's been racking up a ton of assists, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not enough words that I can throw out there to do Panarin justice, but you know, with Mika, he signs that long-term extension and, you know, a couple eyebrows went up eight years, I believe at eight and a half million dollars per season, but I mean, again, he just has such a strong all-around game, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Like, would the Rangers have preferred to maybe just give him six years? Probably, but that's just what you got to do. If you want to hang on to your own guys, a lot of times you're going to have to, uh, you know, tack on an extra year or two maybe than you would like. But, I mean, if Mika 
is a fantastic player for the next six years and then just so, so near the end of his deal. I'll take that. I mean, I'll sign up for that any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, we signed Giroud to 10 a year, years ago. All right, and so a huge, huge thanks to Bobby Sampson for joining the podcast here. What turned out to be a two-part conversation. We'll have part two for you guys at some point next week. But before that, we're going to have to talk about what the Rangers do in this weekend's slate of matchups. The first one being against the Columbus Blue Jackets on Saturday, and the second one being against the New Jersey Devils on Sunday. Definitely looking forward to that. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.